everyone. Before Mel starts this episode, I do want to mention that this could be triggering to anyone coping with losing a loved one to suicide. If you do struggle with depression and harmful thoughts, please reach out to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Okay, so this episode is going to be a little more solemn, a little more serious than our normal episodes. Um, I've been pretty quiet about this uh, this whole summer. Um, I've just kind of been like coping with it, being with my family about it. But I know some people are aware. Um, if you follow us, you might be aware, but I didn't really talk about it too much. Um, but this summer, my family occurred a loss this last May or not last May, this May. And um, my I had shared in a previous episode that my younger sister, Kelly, had passed away to an accidental death in 2015 and how that affected my life. And so this summer, this May, um, I my sister, Jessica, I do have another sister. She would be my middle sister. Um, she ended her life this May. And so it's been really hard. <laughs> I was hoping I wouldn't get too emotional during this episode, but I'm going to just try to read things slow. I have it written down half-assed. <laughs> like It's like your brain's like trying to put things on paper, but you know it's a million miles an hour. So um, I kind of just thought today I would share, you know, what I'm going through, what I've been going through, how I'm processing, how everything's going. Um, hopefully that if somebody else hears this, that, you know, it might help them if they've gone through a similar loss or um, a similar situation. I think running a business and going through a personal loss of a loved one, whether it's accidental um you know, or suicide or whatever the case may be, it's really hard, I think, to function. And so um, I kind of wanted to tell my story of my sister, Jessica. Our relationship was a little different than my sister, Kelly, and I. Um, Just a little bit more about her as a person. So to understand the situation a little bit more and um, full circle, kind of just like how I'm doing. So Emily will probably be pretty quiet for the first part, and then we're just kind of going to open discussion it. Um, anything you want to put in there? No, I'm just letting you talk. Okay, perfect. Okay, Sue. All right, so um, I had a middle sister. Her name was Jessica, and she was two years younger than me. So I am 36. She was 34, and we were complete polar opposites our whole life. I was really girly girl. I demanded to wear dresses. I would cry if I couldn't wear dresses. I was boy crazy. And my sister Jessie was the complete opposite. Total tomboy, loved playing with frogs, loved getting dirty. All of her friends were always boys. I mean, you couldn't be more opposite. And um, since Jessie and I were closer in age and size, we worked side by side on the farm. And we kind of had a unique relationship in that we were a team um, on the farm and at home, yet we were really different and had a harder time having a closer relationship. So if you listen to my other episode about Kelly and I, we were really close. Um, Jesse and I, I feel like, I don't know how you would describe it. It was, we got along, but at the same time, we just had a lot of different interests. And so um, I loved my sister and I know she loved me. It's just, we just, it's not that we didn't get along. It's just, again, we weren't super close. And so my sister was extremely smart. She actually was valedictorian in her high school and got a full ride scholarship to become a vet tech in Madison, Wisconsin. She loved animals 
She always loved animals um, more than people. She loved spiders to snakes to rats. There was no biases to any of God's creatures. And she also really cared about people. And if you talk to anybody that ever met my sister, she was one of the most non-judgmental people you would ever meet. She would talk to anybody, no matter their age, what they looked like, where they came from. Like it could be literally like, uh, I mean, a homeless person on the street and she would have a full conversation. Like she really looked at people as people and never judged them. And so she was a very like caring and kind and generous person. Um, however, her whole life, she struggled with depression and she never really believed she was good enough or loved. Um, from a young age, I honestly, we used to say she was difficult when we were little because like she just would lash out if she didn't get her way and kind of like in destructive ways. And from like a little kid to five years old to them becoming a teenager, um, she always had low self-esteem. And no matter how much like we shared that we loved her, she just like couldn't see it. In high school, she struggled with severe bulimia to the point where they were concerned she would actually have a stroke. And um, once she moved away to Madison, Wisconsin, we thought things were going better. Uh, she was kind of closet drinking and none of us realized that she had basically was like drinking every day and she had turned into a full-blown um, alcoholic. And when she was 21 years old, she had tried to already take her life and almost died. And she was found on a park bench, uh, nearly frozen to death with a 0.6 blood alcohol level. And ever since like that, it was kind of like a, like, oh my God, my sister does have a problem. We kind of rose through good times and bads. So she would get sober and be normal Jesse, but then something she always would say like when things were going really well, it was almost like a cursor to like fuck shit up again. And um we just really wanted her to get better. But if you've ever had a family member that's dealt with addiction, it's something that doesn't happen overnight and getting better. Like people relapse over and over again. It's and it's really hard. And so she would have good and bad times. Um, but again, the moment she'd start drinking, self-destruction would and chaos would pursue. And it was really difficult to have a relationship with her because she wasn't herself. And it emotionally, it really affected me um, because you're cheering for them to be better and then they're better and then they self-destruct. And it, you, it's hard not to take the chaos personally and like not emotionally be invested as well. Like it's it's a lot of emotions and then you're also dealing with like your parents emotions and you get it's a lot and so um at one point she had received so many duis that she actually got sent to prison for three years in illinois and actually at this time i kind of reconnected with her because she wasn't drinking and i wasn't worried like every day i was gonna get a call that like something bad had happened to her so during this time, I kind of felt like we rebonded and she, and we also rebonded because at this time, like right before she went away to prison, my other sister had passed away. So it was kind of like, maybe this is like a reality check. Maybe she'll get her shit together. And so when she was in prison, like she would write me lots of letters. Um, she would draw me amazing artwork. She basically, if you ever, if you do remember Calvin and Hobbes, like this cartoonist, 
I don't know if you remember Emily, but I do. <laughs> she loved doing like um, comic strip kind of things and also like telling stories. And so she would like draw all these amazing artworks that would either describe her feelings or thoughts and also just funny stuff too. I mean, it basically was like Orange is the New Black and that was ironically like on TV at the same time. And like that was like what freaking prison was like, she said. And <laughs> it was like really nice to have that time to like reconnect um, it just felt like she was coherent and there and listening. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was like a really good time and like, not for her, obviously, but like for our relationship, I felt like there was like a reconnection. Um, when she got out of prison, she was doing actually really good for a while. And I think my family and I all just were like, okay, maybe this is like finally the time. Um, unfortunately, life can be hard. And she started using again. And again, when my sister used, she would make decisions that would be harmful because of like the outcomes. And so I just had to like take a step back again. And I feel like, I don't know like the years of this now, but I just had to be more distant. I think because at this time I've like already lost Kelly that I just subconsciously was like, I can't go through all of this again. So I definitely kept my distance. And like when I say our relationship was strained, it's not because I didn't love her. It's just, I just couldn't be a part of her life when she was using or making destructive decisions. And unfortunately, um, it got to a point where she ended her own life this May and um, the amount of guilt that sits with me every day is extremely hard because I know it's not my fault, but this is where it's like, maybe I should have texted her. Maybe I should have called her more, even though like I put up this wall to like protect me. I just feel a lot of guilt. And it's a totally different type of grief than with my sister, Kelly, because I just think I've been dealing with Jessie's problems, honestly, her whole life. I mean, if you add bulimia to literally to her death, like, I mean, this has been <laughs> like 20 years of stuff of like an emotional roller coaster. And she was in a lot of pain in the end. And the only thing that like makes me feel better is knowing that like she's finally at peace because she was in such a bad place. But I feel guilty that I didn't maybe reach out to her more. So that's been the grief this year has been more my guilt than I mean, I'm sad, but it's like this guilt of pushing somebody away and you can't go back. So that's been really, really hard. Um um, so this summer has been not the best. <laughs> um, I've been coping with losing my sister. And because of that, it really triggered a lot of emotions from losing my other sister, Kelly. So it was kind of like this reliving experience that I would never wish upon anybody is putting two of their sisters um, in the ground. And um while running a business, while being a wife, while doing trying to like function, um, 
I actually feel like May and June, I was running on shock. Like Emily will be honest with you probably that I really didn't share. Um, my, like I was like working or there was like, why are you working? But I'm like, I just need to stay busy because like it's – and honestly, my clients, like, I had a lot of like regular clients, made me feel like taken care of. So it wasn't like a bad situation. But like grief <laughs> – it likes to show up at the worst times. Um, this summer, like July, August, September, I've been in depression mode. Um, definitely have had to take anxiety pills. I've had panic attacks. Um, I've just been depressed. And it's hard to snap out of that and try to, again, be on, be creative, run a business, Um be a good wife, like all these things. And I know people are there for me, but it's just like, as a person that's a very high functioning, motivated person, this kind of stuff like is really hard for me to just like, and the reason I think everything kind of came overflowing was because good things like my husband and I finally got a house after years of looking. Good things, our studio moved, but guess what? It all happened at the same time. And I was like depressed and I Emily, like every time we would get together, I'm like crying. I was like, she saw me. I just physically and mentally was so exhausted. I finally feel like going into October, there's like a change in the energy. And that's why I was like, I think I'm ready to talk about this. Um, I, it's me sharing this is like me just again trying to work on that vulnerability. Like, I don't want my guilt to be like this shame that I feel like I, and so by me being honest about it, I think it takes away that shame because I do feel a lot of shame. I do feel like a shitty sister and a bad person and I know I'm not. So, so, sorry guys. I want to talk about it because if you've been in the same boat, felt the same way. It's not your fault. Um, so yeah. So, um, my husband's been really supportive and really great. My mom has been great. Um, my family has been really great. Emily has been literally the rock star (laughs) for us because I literally, like, if you follow me on Instagram, if you've been a client of mine, I've just, I've just been coasting. I feel like the last three months in studio work has been my least priority. It has to be. And that's fine. I think that's hard too as a business owner when like we did a lot of really empowering things this spring and it just kind of had to be like stopped. Um, My husband lost his dad also in April and then literally a month later my sister passed away. So it was like a lot of shit and a short amount of time for my husband and I. And it was both very difficult losses for different reasons. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to share this because again, like shit's going to happen and you have to give yourself grace. And if you can't work for a little bit, that's fine too. If you want to work through it, you can, but like, I will say like work was not my priority, nor should it have been like, honestly, the last five months, I've just kind of been like, as long as I can pay my bills and clients come see me great, but like, I'm just dealing with a lot of shit. So <sighs> um, I guess where I'm at right now today, October 
what is it october 13th it's literally friday the 13th yes spooky, spooky. um i've been working on myself this summer for me my therapy was my long bike rides to like turn off my mind and just kind of like meditate to think to process my long walks um movement for me has always been therapy for me um the biggest switch that i made starting literally last week was moving to a three-day work week which i could have so used this summer <laughs> um but i just needed to have a little more grace for myself i needed that time to like have I'm like wiping boogers away um to have more time for like creativity inspiration to work on myself to take personal appointments um I mentioned in a private previous episode, which I don't know if they'll air before or after this one, is that I've been dealing with chronic pain as well for the last, I mean, six months, but the last three months really bad of basically having headaches every day, six to seven days a week, levels of like a level one or two to a level 10 migraine. And um, I'm seeing a cervical specialist now to help me with my neck. Turns out it's real fucked up. And um, that also probably has not helped everything I've been feeling and so just making a little bit more time for myself again. And I did try therapy. It was too much for me too soon. And it might've been the therapist, like, you know, a first date is not going to be your soulmate. The same thing goes with therapy. But at the same time we were moving the studio in the house, I just was like, I don't even have time. Like I like, this feels not great. So I might look into another therapist or I might look into more of like a women's group that like has gone through similar losses um, or something like that instead uh, now that I have a little more time to like focus on that. So that's kind of what's going on, you guys. Um, hopefully there's something that you can take away from it. But if you're a client of mine, if you listen to our podcast or if you're another esthetician that's gone through loss and you're trying to like run a business, it's fucking hard. Like, losing anybody is just not ideal so <laughs> it's like the dumbest comment i'm like my brain's just like fried from sharing i'm like i'm hot sweating you guys because um i wasn't sure if i was going to share this story but i just felt like i needed to because i just want anybody that's like going through something similar to know that like they're heard so I don't know, Emily. I'm like sweating. What do you have anything to say? Oh, of course I have things to say. Um, but I just wanted to give you No, your, I appreciate your it. Time You're always like talk. a really good listener. Yeah. And then I didn't want to interrupt because I know it, it it's easy to get thrown off when you're trying to just share from the heart and it's trying to be just as honest as possible. Yeah, which I think you are. And I know for a fact that this is going to touch so many people's hearts and their own situations and um i think that you are so much stronger than you give yourself credit for and i think you running your business this summer was still like a like above and beyond what most people are, are even able to do and so i think you need to give yourself way more grace <laughs> and the fact that you could even show up every day just it's incredible and I know that that wasn't always like what you wanted, um, but you pushed through and I don't know, I couldn't have done it. <laughs> and 
you know, yeah, a lot of people were like, why is she like, why is she working? Is she okay? And I'm like, this is just something that she has to do. <laughs> like telling her to stay home would be the worst thing. It would be the worst thing. <laughs> and so obviously I was like concerned and worried. She I'm like, what are was you checking doing? in with yeah. every day? She I'm had like, cl clients of mine were messaging Emily and asking her, her <laughs> Emily, like, should I be coming? Should I just cancel my appointment? Like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Like, nope. You, no, Mel wants to see you. Yes. Otherwise she would cancel the appointment. Exactly. And so a lot of it was just like behind the scenes praying for you and continuing to pray for you all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I I met Jesse at Kelly's funeral. And so I, I obviously didn't know her really well, but I, I can confidently say that she would not want you to feel that way. She would not want you to carry that grief that you do. And I know that that's just part of the process of processing it, but just to reiterate, like, it's not your fault. There's nothing that you could have done differently that would have changed this outcome. Yeah. And when you're dealing with addiction, I mean, I have people in my family that have also and currently do deal with it and mental health. And you have to set those boundaries for yourself in order to function and in order to move on with your own life because yeah. there's no rhyme or reason to mental health. When people are at that level, it is such a either chemically – imbalance or a deep deep pain that like you can't just fix by <laughs> I mean they have to want to fix themselves exactly and that's what was always exactly the hard part is like anybody that wants to get better like you have they have they to want to do want it, it. And, and we all wanted it for her so bad but she couldn't see it for herself yeah she couldn't get to that other side and it's that's probably I I would say the biggest thing that people struggle with after something like this happens is just that overwhelming guilt mm -hmm. and that's something that you you will have to process but it's yeah it's not your fault <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing an amazing job and I'm so proud of you and I mean either way I would have supported you in whatever you needed to do whether that was taking five five months off or five <laughs> days <laughs> like like there's no right or wrong way to grieve no. something like this and, and like I said I think I was just like in shock and mm -hmm. kind of like also if you've never gone through a immediate member, member family loss like this sounds really messed up that I can like walk you through the protocol but um <laughs> there's a lull time there's the really it happens but then like unless like my mom handled a lot of like the funeral stuff with my aunts and stuff because like they wanted it in my hometown um there's like a hurry and make decisions right away but then you have to wait whenever the funeral is mm -hmm. so that could be a week later that could be two weeks later so there's this lull so it's like kind of this limbo land i like to say well it's like a storm it's like you know you're just you're just waiting so that's why like i was like i just need to work because what am i gonna do? like also i think my difference too is my mom lives my mom like mom and stepdad and them live two hours away up north my dad um and his girlfriend live three hours away and i don't have any other siblings and um a lot of my close friends don't like childhood friends or like really close cousins also don't live in the cities so like i think if like my mom and dad had a house here 20 minutes away from me probably would have like 
took off some more days mm-hmm. and like lived at their home. Yeah. Not that I couldn't have gone up north and done that too. It's just different. It's just different. And um, that's probably why also I just was like, I'm just going to work because one, it keeps me busy. So I'm not just like dwelling on mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and alone with my own thoughts. And two, I had a, a couple of clients who um, have lost uh, loved ones to suicide and one that deals with addiction. And it was like therapy for both of us mm-hmm. to talk about it um, together. And so again, like that's where I'm like sharing is good because like I needed it and I think they needed it. Like, so again, you you can have your reasons. Me sitting around doing nothing is like the worst thing for me. I'm a, mm-hmm. like to be busy, like yeah. to be doing things. Yeah. And then obviously I took the time off to like be home for the funeral and stuff like that. Um, looking back, I maybe should have took off like a week after the funeral then just to like kind of breathe. You were in survival mode. I was in survival mode. And then you always look back and be like, what I should have, could have. But like exactly. you were in trauma. I was in trauma. <laughs> and um, and then like the depression hit in July. It was just like mm-hmm. – it just – literally snuck up it was like hey bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> hey i'm here <laughs> i'm here and you're gonna be sad and yeah um that's the crazy thing about depression and grieving it just is a roller coaster mm-hmm. well and it's something that i think you probably will have to battle for a while always always you know yeah and that's why i i don't know if it was it was when you first started counseling um, or like seeing your therapist. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to just like get you something. It's like the best gift ever. <laughs> I wanted to like just get her something that let her know I was like thinking of her. Just like, I don't know what, how, how do you support somebody who goes through something like this? I don't know. But I was at this little, um, like, random store. It was so cute. It's in Anoka, Minnesota. It's called The Hub, if you've ever heard of that. But I was just like talking to my mom. I was like, mom, I want to get Mel something, but I just don't know what. And I was looking through these necklaces and on it, um, it said true light. And I was like, this is for her because through all of this grief, darkness, darkness, like my prayer for you has always been that you find the light. I love that. And it's um, the cutest necklace. Yeah. Emily's like the best gift. Like literally I, cry, <laughs> I like started crying when I read her letter yeah. and the necklace. And it's like – it was a really good reminder of like you got to keep moving. Yeah. Um, I like to think that according to Jane Fonda, who I freaking love, yeah. <laughs> she says – she believes that either people are born resilient or they're not. Mm-hmm. And I think like I definitely am born resilient. You and are. so yeah. I do think that's what keeps me going because mm-hmm. I've always felt like there's something bigger for me in life. Mm-hmm. And so me dwelling and not move like just not moving forward is going to like put a waste to both my sisters losing their lives. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Exactly. And the light is always there. We just have to look for it. Mm-hmm. And when we see it, it's like that's what guides us through. Yeah. And so I think that there's been little spots of light for you throughout this time and there will continue to be. Yeah. And so it's like just keep seeking those moments of light and 
you're going to get to the other side and that's like a lifelong journey. It's not, you know, grief isn't like, oh, I've processed and now I'm done. You're going to always be going through waves Mm -hmm. and different moments and different things that bring things up, but the light's always going to be there. I think so. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say other than um, I hope by sharing that if you've gone through something similar that this has helped you in some way. Um, If you do have questions or anything like that, don't hesitate to DM me, email us, leave us a voice note. but that's all I really got. Well, it was more than enough. <laughs> Thanks, Em. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Mel. I love you.